Halloween. It's a time to get even wilder than usual in your wardrobe choices and get a bit creative with your makeup box. A time to break curses, cast powerful spells and take mystical glimpses into the future. And it's a time where people are able to cut loose and act out of character and maybe start handing out really wacky scores to televised Latin and ballroom dancers. Yes, judges, what was all that about? Welcome to episode 11 of the Keep Dancing podcast. It's been Halloween weekend and there's been all manner of disturbances in the force. We all felt it. From Danny going wrong, to Craig making Natalie cry, to Ed Balls getting sexy. Everything's gone topsy-turvy. The stakes keep getting raised. But is that because we're about to dispatch a vampire? Tonight, here to help me use up the leftover puns generated by the Strictly Writing team are... Emily. Hi. Michelle. Hello. And Lisa. Hello. So Halloween, I think this was a less green, orange and purple Halloween than usual. It was a little bit more of a sort of a gothy, refined Halloween. It was a much classier Halloween than they often go down. Yeah. And I did actually add most of this year's Halloween songs to my sort of general playlist, which... I don't normally do. So that means I've been walking around to meatloaf all week. And that's been super good fun. Well, that's not a bad thing at all, is no, it? No, that's a good thing. <laughs> Thank you, Anastasia. Shall we just get straight into it? Because unless we want to talk about the opening number. I'm trying to remember the opening number. It was number. the, you spin me right round. I don't think we do. Oh, yeah. I thought that was great, actually. A lovely little tribute to Pete Burns, who died this week. Um you know, a very subtle little way of, of, of doing a tribute. And I thought it was really nice. It's nice to see the celebrities taking part in the in the group dances now. And it was nice to see all the judges taking part because very often you don't... Darcy doesn't do it ever. But she, you know, just had a little, tiny little part. I, I like that. That that just makes it a bit fun for me. I liked that all of the celebs who aren't... Um currently partnered up had such varied and wacky uh halloween costumes they weren't yeah. just you know in something you know just out the back of the wardrobe they were all definitely dressed up as something yeah i thought that was a nice little opening number actually it was very good it was really entertaining it set the scene very well for the evening it was nice because you had like a you got like a hint of their costumes that were coming but not fully so like like Robert Rinder didn't have his wings on but he had his jacket on so you were like oh you know it's coming but it was a little it was a little foretaste of things to come yeah Ed and Catcher had something dark on over their things yeah okay shall we get started with the dancers dancing the Charleston it's the Emily Sanday of Latin and Ballroom Louise Redknapp and her partner Kevin I was, I'm still waiting for her to do something that makes me go, wow. Um, yeah. The only thing that made me go, wow, uh, about this routine was a, a wacky, crazy, fun time Charleston about an abusive relationship. Cool. Uh, yeah, 
I I felt I actually had written down that I felt like this was their rehearsal performance, like they were marking through it. It didn't have all the energy. And then I saw that James Jordan had written exactly the same thing on Twitter. I was like, oh, <laughs> great. Now I'm thinking like James Jordan. I might need to get out a bit more. <laughs> but no, it, it did. It felt to me like it was very good and it, it, it has performance potential, but it felt like that was the the way you sort of mark it through in your dress rehearsal without giving it the full energy because you're saving that for the actual performance. That's how I felt about it. Yeah. yeah Michelle? I agree. I, I had, I had. Uh, it was good, but a bit boring. I'm, I'm waiting for that, that moment. I'm waiting for her to have a moment, as they put it. Yeah, and, you know, I don't understand how you can look not edgy dressed up as Harley Quinn. It's quite yeah. an achievement to make Harley Quinn look safe. She, yeah. she was like the school run mum version of Harley Quinn. And when, once again, it's this thing with Louise and her outfits. You must, I don't know, it was this baggy, shapeless thing. And it's just, yeah. Well, I mean, she was wearing the same sort of neckline and shorts line that uh, Margot Robbie was wearing as Harley Quinn in the film recently. But just making it look super safe, like, you know, you could potentially go to Sainsbury's in it. <laughs> And yeah. you know me, I would go to Sainsbury's and something like that. <laughs> I was a little I'm bit. I'm starting to think it's um, it's Kevin's fault rather than Louise's. I'm starting to think it's maybe he's not giving her enough. I had got bored of Kevin this week about halfway through his comedy introduction VT, which was his comedy introduction VT, not Louise's. Um, and yeah, that is kind of how this whole partnership is coming off, that he's just got a good partner that will allow him to continue to be Kevin. This is so sad. The first series that Kevin was in it, I really liked him. And he's just cashed on, cashed in all his chips with me. Well, I've not got that much to say. I, it was all right. It was a decent dance. It did stick out for me when, when I was watching it that something wasn't quite right. At first, I was questioning whether or not the song was the right choice. But actually, I think it's what um, Michelle and Lisa have said about them marking time and it, it not being the whole whole guns blazing. And, and I feel like that really stood out to me. And that's what, that's what I was querying when I was watching it. Yeah, that's nice. It's, but now show us what you can do. Yeah. Like, get into the competition. I feel like I feel like Louise or Kevin is not competing because they know they're good enough to be safe. They know they're not going home, so they don't feel like they have to do anything. I'm like, get into the competition, compete. Because yeah, she you... could. She could be competition for Ori and Danny and any well, any of them really. Well, it's quite close at the moment, especially after this week. Well, it, it is after this week, yeah. You've got um, um, you've, you've got, got an opportunity now, so get in there and compete. You've got Louise that has a fairly strong following to do because of her TV work now mm. and Kevin who has a massive strictly fan base and so they are basically safe yeah they know yeah. that they're not like Daisy and Laura and scraping together enough votes to get through every week they're f feeling too comfortable and I, I wonder if the producers would risk giving them a sort of a blah slot in the running order and, you know, some of the dodgy theming and costuming that some of the other people have had recently. I'll tell you what, what Louise and Kevin need. They need to be in a dance-off. Yep. Yep, they really yep. need That's exactly to be in a what they need. They need to be in a dance-off because I think that would put the bejeebas up them and make them pull their fingers out. Yeah. Yeah, they need to start taking some risks. Yeah, they definitely do. They're getting the first 
Argentine tango of the series next week. And I am furious because it's just going to be beige. Yep. Yeah. Just, I would have rather they give it to Ed. Oh, no, that's saying at, something. At least we could have had a laugh. Yeah. Maybe this this is maybe the opportunity for her to to have that risk taking impressive moment. Yeah. If she fails at that one, then she's lost for me. There's there's not really a way that Kevin can make an Argentine tango PG. I'm sure he'll You'd try. You'd hope. I you bet hope. he'll. I bet he'll find a way. Eesh. Well, it's sad, isn't it? Because we've been saying every week, oh, this one, oh, now she's got the cha cha cha, that's got a bit more life to it. Maybe she'll do it with that one. Now she's got the chaster, maybe she'll do it. She just doesn't do it. No. Like, so now we're all going, oh, it's just going to be beige. We're not even expecting her to be spectacular now. We're just expecting beige dance. Uh, so, right, now we've got that out of the way, let's get the party actually started. Dancing the Paso Doble. It's everyone's favourite little monster just casually dropping out of the rigging dressed as a moth, Robert Rinder and his partner, Oksana. I love them. <laughs> Have you just applaud them? It was so bad. It I was, it. it was, it had so much potential to be a total car crash. I mean, when I heard about the moth butterfly theming and I knew that it was to born this way and you know, I saw the sort of the half-made dress. I thought, this this could go either way. But Oksana's choreography is magnificent. Robert's dance, magnificent. Somebody else take it from here. <laughs> we got we got the serious dance. Yes! And yes, it was entertaining, but it was serious. He came out with energy and commitment. I mean, he does that every week anyway it was serious without being whatever the word is i'm looking for grim i don't i yeah grim yeah because sometimes when you get a really serious dance it can feel very kind of dark or whatever this was serious without being that he came out with tons of attack and loads and loads of paso content in the dance i just i mean we everyone knows I'm, you know, a bit in love with Judge Rinder. I thought he was quite sexy as well in his moth jacket. I don't care what any of you think. There was I thought he was There was never any question that nice he was sexy. going to wear a Paso vest under his Paso jacket, was there? He was no, just like Paso, top off. Yeah. I thought and he looked good. The makeup was great, the costume was great. The, I loved um Oksana's dress as well, particularly the skirt part, obviously, and we'd seen it on It Takes Two during the week and Vicky was saying about it being completely hand painted and absolute one off and I thought it looked really nice really I really loved there's nothing I didn't like about that routine I'll shut up now because I could go on for days talking about how much it was great it was really special now, go on Michelle um, I loved the dance but I still don't get the whole butterfly moth Halloween connection totally that missed, that missed me did any of you get that I didn't understand, but if we had to go the long way around for a Halloween... Co- it's it's like when you're going to a Halloween party and your friend says, oh, yeah, I'm going as a moth. And you know everybody else has just got their sort of regular sexy cat costumes or the pirate costumes. And you're like, Becky says she's going as a moth. Are we... <laughs> are we sure that this is going to work? Should we... Should we buy Becky a spare sexy cat costume? It turns out that she's thought it through. It's fine. It's fine. It works. And we even got 
I think the most surreal Strictly VT ever <laughs> of Oksana <laughs> and Robert visiting the psychedelic butterfly farm. Wow. Yep. <laughs> worth worth the license fee on its own. I, I was so dubious at the start of the series that I, I didn't think I'd enjoy Robert being in it. I didn't think I'd get him. I think I'd, I thought he'd just make me cross. And I adore him. He's so wonderful. He's just... He loves it. And it, it's that thing of going into it wholeheartedly, sincerely, but not in a poor-faced way. It's, you know, he's, you can, he's loving it and you can tell. And that is what is so great. It's kind of what Strictly is about, isn't yeah. it? I mean, if you go back to sort of season one and two, this is what it was about. It was about taking somebody who's known for one thing and teaching them something they've never done before and watching them grow and improve and entertain as they do it. I mean, it's it's every Strictly box ticked. It's also about campness to the point of absurdity. And well, Robert entwines those two strands beautifully. We salute you, Robert and Oksana. Yeah, definitely. Dancing the American Smooth, it's Strictly's youth correspondent, all Pokemon Go and Harambe memes. It's Claudia Fragapani and her partner, AJ. Now, right, Black Magic, right? It's a nice yep. pop single, but if you were going to do a witch-themed American Smooth, surely you go straight to Witchcraft by Frank Sinatra. Oh, no, no. But it's not witchcraft. They're doing... She was a teen witch. Oh, I they hated that. Keep playing down the teen I hated thing. that. Oh, I had... I tweeted, because as you know, I was on the Twitter this week. I tweeted, oh, wasn't it great? They didn't make any reference to her uh, age or her size in the dance. And then when I watched it back the second time, I saw Tess introduce her as a teen witch. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm glad I can't throw something at you through the TV screen because... <laughs> Oh, stop it! It's driving me mad. It's so. I don't know why she needed to be a teen witch. She just, she just needed to be a witch. That, a witch. that would be nice. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, we understand the concept of a witch, and age doesn't have to come into it. No. No. I hope that Claudia is as fumingly mad about this sort of youth pigeonholing as Leslie apparently was about the token oldie. Uh, profiling. Did you see her on mm. It Takes Two? She yeah. was... No, I missed that. She was... So cross. So cross. She was and, like, and like this is most of them. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching it just going, go on, Leslie, go on, go on. Yeah. I think, um, she, I think she might have even resented being paired with Anton because that puts her in the oldie box. Old lady Casper. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, back to Claudia's dance. Um, you know, we've kind of been pondering about the Strictly rule book for some weeks now. In their little VT, mm-hmm. they had a Strictly spell book. And they were looking at all the Strictly secrets in the spell book. So maybe that was the Strictly rule book in disguise this week. <laughs> it's, one of the, it's one of those books which is magical in which the text sort of flows and changes as you read it. So that when you're marking <laughs> one dance, like theatrical contemporary movements are A-OK. But, you know, two dances later, not off. It's that kind of book. Well, the, the, see, that, that was a magical book. So I think it was there for a brief period of time. You could be right. I wonder if they'll scan it as and send it as a PDF. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so Claudia's lovely American smooth. 
we've not even really gotten into how nice that was. It was a great American smooth. I love an American smooth anyway. They're one of my favourite dancers. And they made it look effortless, which is the point. Um, and they looked like they really enjoyed themselves. I thought the... I mean, I love I love that little mix track anyway. It's great. And I thought the band did a, a really good version of it because it, it, you know, it is one of those ones that could have been a bit too sweet when done by the wonderful Dave Arch. So, yeah, I was I was a big fan. And I really love the fact that they'd gone for the glitter top coat on the lipstick. I was I was I kept looking at that. I love that. Yeah, so Claudia's uh fusing of the gym skills with the dancing is going really well. She was so smooth in and out of all of those lifts. Yeah, it was a noticeable um difference, wasn't it, between when we sort of first saw them do it in week one, which yeah, we know they're introducing her. She's a gymnast, you have to put a few twirls and tricks and flips in it um but they were a bit disjointed to the dance this time not at all it was all part of the same thing flowed from one thing to the other loved her dress i mean she's she's lucked out so far because she's had that nice kind of tea dance length dress on with lots of organza skirting which always looks nice um and she's had quite a few of those in varying colors um i love this one in the black and green again um like emily said the um the lipstick with the glitter on, just, she looked fab and she danced fab. I'm, I'm a big fan and please stop referring to how old she is, Strictly people, listen to us. Yes, and nice to see one of the girls at the top of the table as well. Yeah, definitely. Dancing the jive, it's the only thing in this whole world that's pure and good and right. It's Anastasia and her partner Brendan. On a hoverboard? In the fog? Oh, I loved that. Yeah, I loved that. <laughs> So at the beginning, when he first came in, I thought, oh, he must be on a harness. But then I saw it and I was like, oh, no, he's on a hoverboard. That's quite clever. I quite yeah. like that. Yeah. I now agree. I see that they'll they'll use it like all the time and I'll hate it. But <laughs> I loved that for the first time. If you can't do it on Halloween week, when can you do it? And if Brendan Cole can't do it, who can? I mean, it's Brendan on a hoverboard at Halloween. It's kind of, yeah. It was a bit unfortunate that they had to pump so much fog in to cover up the hoverboard because that meant that we couldn't see uh, the first section of jive kicks that Anastasia did actually quite well and because like as the dance went on the kicks got less and less and less like it was unfortunate the the sort of the timing and use of the fog but I would wouldn't have lost the hoverboard for anything oh not for anything amazing it was the best bit yeah I think it was the least jive looking jive that we've had this year like partway through, I thought, is this the jive they're going to be doing? Or are they doing something? I don't know. It was just a bit, it wasn't um, very clear on the choreography. I think they'd put lots of other showy bits in. Yeah. I think if if Brendan had any control at all over the theming, which let's be honest, they, they basically don't, um, I would have gone, right, Anastasia can't handle the sort of the the dance sport jive, which is the style that Ore excelled at the other week. Let's give her like a slightly more casual looking sort of swing jive, like Will and Karen did earlier on, and yeah. have them do it as bikers, like scary demonic bikers. And I think that would have worked much better for the amount of action that Anastasia was able to put into it. And that's what the routine I'd choreographed for them was anyway. Well, we know you always have their routine choreographed in your head anyway. 
Yeah. I like the ending where they the projection of the tree on the floor and then they lay down like bats hanging off of the back the bottom of the tree. I thought that was great. Oh. I screen grab I screen grabbed that and put it on our Twitter. It was a sweet touch, wasn't it? I liked it. With the uh, upside down tree ending. Yeah. There was quite a good article from the people who run the Strictly production studio uh, this week, uh, sort of basically an advert for all the kit that they've got and to try and get people to put their big shows on there. Um, but there was a nice snippet in it from the lighting supervisor who was very excited about the projector that they've got so for doing effects like the bats and Ed Balls's castle the other week. They're still really excited about that. So we can expect to see various kinds of video projections as the series goes on. Look forward to it. But sadly, no more Anastasia jiving. No. No, what a shame. Well, I think, you know, Craig, Craig was right. It didn't It didn't have the energy needed for a jive. To, though, to be fair, jiving to... Uh, I mean, I, I adore Meatloaf. Jiving to a Meatloaf song is, is slightly... You know, you, you, you're kind of on the back foot before you've even started, haven't you? Because it's not... It's not what you would naturally jive to. Um, so you, the music was a bit... Uh, an odd choice of music for that song, but it worked well with the theme, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it, it didn't have the energy and the, the danceability that it needed. Is, is that a word? Danceability? Yeah. I might just made that up. It, yeah, it, it, it didn't have that. Um, but I still think... I mean, giving... I think four was, was too harsh. I, I don't know what... Craig had been drinking before the well I'm sure we'll talk a lot about what the judges had to say and didn't have to say and randomly bizarre scoring that was one that didn't deserve a four not at all no but like harsh Craig is boring harsh Craig just makes it not an enjoyable program to watch because you just spend most of your time going but that's yeah yeah, cruel and arbitrary he's purely there I think if he wasn't being the cruel one most of their scores would be the same for everyone at the moment. And all the scoring is very similar. And so it just every now and then he picks the one or two dancers going, right, these are the ones I'm going to be mean on. And that will bring them down. So at least there's someone at the bottom and then somebody at the top sort of mm-hmm. thing. So he seems to be the main variable. So everyone else, all the other three judges are scoring quite similar. When there is so much scoreboard congestion, you've got to have somebody generating the random factor, I guess. And yeah. that's usually Bruno at the top end and Craig at the low end. And, you know, that's what stops it from being two five-way draw, uh, draws on the leaderboard, really. Yeah. Dancing the foxtrot, it's the totally human after all, Danny Mack and his partner, Oti. He's human. He, yeah. He, <laughs> yeah. That's probably going to do him so many favours in the long run. Yeah. Because Definitely. they like they just need to whack that dance out again in the final, do it right, bring the house down. I loved that concept. It was so wonderful. I got very hyped up about it. I was expecting OT to do something interesting choreography wise, and I thought that the the sort of the elastic umbilical was really interesting, really cool. Yeah, I really liked that, and Len was a was like. Well, I didn't understand that. I mean, that's kind of what we expect from Lem when anyone tries anything slightly different. But I really liked that idea of of them being tied together and separating and coming together. I thought it was really, really interesting and lovely um, alternative, something we haven't seen before. And I'm always up for seeing things we haven't seen before. I worried at the beginning that they were meant to, like, it was going on. We think, 
are they meant to stay attached? Is it going to detach at some point? And then, then I spent the whole dance kind of guessing, going, are they meant to be doing it attached? Is this an error that they're just having to work with? Or was it part of the dance? And that made, it kept me thinking that throughout the whole dance. And it wasn't until the end when they said, I thought, oh, okay, that was meant to be part of the whole thing. Oh, yeah, because there was like a big sort of quick release catch on the front of Danny's thing. Yeah. I don't know. I thought it looked like they were definitely meant to be doing it. Yeah, yeah it was choreographed into the dance. Yeah. But I do like to see a foxtrot that's actually exciting and has a bit of drama to it. And that, I mean, that had buckets of drama. It was fab. Well, I think they were they were helped by that Hosier song, which... Oh, what a great song. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Love it. Dark lyrical themes, but, you know, it's Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Then they... I loved the outfits that went all with it, but then on their faces, the way they'd done the skull makeup, they'd done it in pastels, pastel colours, and I, I thought that didn't quite tie in, and that jarred me off a bit as well. That's very, that's very trendy bit. on the makeup scene at the moment. Pastelised things it's very yeah, it's very it on trendly it didn't it didn't go with the rest of the outfit so yeah, yeah that was yeah there was just a few bits kind of wrong this week for me with that one i think danny and oti did look out actually with the makeup because a lot of the couples got makeup looks that like sort of obscured their features or stopped mm. them being able to emote as well yeah. and danny and oti had half their face just normal so yeah. I think they did they did really well out of uh, makeup this this week. Maybe like they were going to do everybody both of their faces full skulls, and Oti just said no. <laughs> I can see her. And everyone that. ran away, going, "Okay, Oti, that's fine." That's <laughs> fine. No, again, that's very trendy, though, isn't it? In the in the makeup world at the moment, this kind of yeah, half half face dumb, half face demon, half face whatever. You know, I've. I've watched a lot this week of, of half face one thing and melting flesh on half the face. And Back to the actual dance, though. I think this is what, as we were discussing with Danny, is they needed a point where there could be a crisis of confidence and, and a moment where something hasn't gone to plan. Yeah. And so I think we will see a resurgence after next week um, or in next week's show where he's saying that the mistakes I made, they knocked me down. I felt really upset about it. So I'm, I've trained twice as hard and then it's going to come and blow us all out of the water. Yeah. It, we... It's going exactly how we said it was, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know yet what he's got next week. Um, but so what has he got left? We're now getting to the point where you can look at what people have left. Mm. So he's still... Argentine Tango. He's still got his American Smooth to uh, deploy at some point. Is it just a normal week next week, not a themed week? Um, it's Yes, it's normal week. It's bonfire night next Saturday. It is. And there will be fireworks. Actually, there are fireworks tonight because it's Diwali. Yeah. Yay. Yeah, it is. I don't, they might be adding to the trains in the background. I'm not sure. <laughs> Yes, so Danny's not done his jive yet. That'll be interesting. Uh, and he's not done his tango either. So he's got a lot of the the really big guns to, to come out yet. He's managed to make an awful lot out of, um, you know, slightly more boring dancers like his Viennese waltz and his foxtrot. Um, 
and his rumba. So he's had great success so far with dancers that don't normally give the male celebrities that much success. Yeah. More to come. Dancing the tango, it's Breaker of the Tango Curse, Laura Whitmore and her partner Giovanni. I thought that this was going to be another terrible song selection for the tango and that they'd be basically fighting the music. But it, it was, was not, amazing. It wasn't. It, it worked. I loved it. It made me really happy. I, like, I, I thought it worked really, really well. I don't think it was the most amazing tango I've ever seen, but I really enjoyed the... Um, the point at where the the drive forward in the song, and, and they matched up the drive forward in the tango so beautifully. I loved, I loved it. I thought it was really good. Top yeah. marks for me. Yeah, I really enjoyed it as well. I think they both looked amazing. She managed to pull off the whole Halloweeny thing without looking like she was wearing a costume too much. Yeah, and the dance just it just flowed and was really like enjoyable to watch i agree like you say it wasn't the best tango i've ever seen but um it was like a solid good one which is what i think she needed having missed a week she would have potentially been at risk because sometimes the public i potentially think oh did she get a bit of a free pass and sometimes they lose momentum on the voting but um i think yeah she had a really good performance and she needed it yeah so um do we think that they're picking up the showman's storyline for act two and that's why yes. Laura's getting uh, super marks and um, pyro and, you know, a nice routine and everything. Yeah, I think I think there is, that is going to be a, a, a factor thing. in the coming weeks. I don't know. I don't ship it, but like, I didn't really notice what was going on with Georgia and Giovanni last year. Nah, they're just dancing nah. together. It's fine. Why worry? No, I did. I know in the, uh, one of the earlier podcasts, I did call the whole Laura and Giovanni thing. They seem very close. Very close. That was totally overmarked, though, right? Oh, totally. Yeah. Yes, it was overmarked. I said they've obviously got a. There's some reason that they are keeping Laura in. Mm. There's some. There's some reason for that to be happening. They. Is she on the tour? She might be on the tour, and also uh, it's looking very much at the minute like it's going to be an all male final. And they want to give the girls a bit of a shove. Mm. Dancing the Charleston, it's chock full of sugar and e-numbers, Ore Aduba and his partner Joanne. Pulling the extreme short straw from costume and makeup. This is almost as bad as the crab outfit yeah. that Scott Mills had. <laughs> why, was it, why was his beard ginger? Some why, guys what? just have ginger beards. Well, it just, the whole... Everything, like you say, the whole costume looked horrible on them. I hated the outfits, hated the routine, hated the setting, didn't like the song choice, didn't, hated the whole thing. And I yeah. love Charleston. Charleston's my favourite type of dance. And they ruined it. it and they was, messed up. It was so. pretty weak. <laughs> it was weak. I think that song might be another uh, contender for the playlist of The Damned, actually. It, uh, yeah. It, it sets my teeth on edge. It was so repetitive. There's, there were only two musical phrases in it. Repeat for two minutes. Yeah. The, the actual Bow Wow Wow version at least has dynamics and stuff. Like the Bow Wow Wow version's deliberately irritating, but it's got a bit more dynamic variability than the way that Dave Arch and his wonderful orchestra played it. Mm. I, I didn't. I didn't understand the theming, and as we've discussed before. If I if one of those pieces is out of place, the theming, the song, 
or even the ability to get through the dance without missing a step. Um, it it really stands out and it really makes it not feel like it worked. And so I was extremely surprised that it got the scores it did. Well, yes. Um, how does our theory of everything's got to be pointing in the right direction, how does that stack up when everything's pointing in the wrong direction? Does everything yeah, somehow become right if everything's pointing pointing to bad? No, no. no. This shows it. It was pointing all to bad, and it was bad. And only the it's judges. It's competitive dancing. It. You can't have a hot mess. Yeah, and like I know that Joanne was doing that thing where you know an an actress will sometimes go, or like you know I've put on a lot of weight for this role, or I've you know deliberately given myself an extreme haircut. Or, I don't know, I'm affecting a facial tattoo for this role. She'd gone for the proper grotesque witch mm-hmm. face. And it stopped looking like Joanne. So any people who are there voting for Joe, they're looking for Joe, they can't see Joe. And Ore barely looked like Ore as well. But clearly it didn't affect them, because they weren't in the dance-off. The judges gave them massively overinflated scores for that dance. Um, and they weren't in the dance-off. Mm. I, I, shall I tell you what I had written down for this song? Theming, no. Dance, no. Costume, no. Makeup, no. I just have like six no's written down. No, 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 no. I didn't understand it. I didn't like it. I didn't want to see it again. I'm glad it wasn't in the dance off because then we'd have had to sing it again. Oh, yeah. Oh. It's given him his story though, isn't it? Because he's been very good for several weeks. So this is his comeback down a bit like Danny and Oti. And then they'll be able to make a comeback next week. So it continues the narrative for him. If they are following the, the narrative, as as we have previously discussed, why have we got, it, it may be the coincidence, but if it is sculpted, we've got both of our two main male contestants that we, we think are going to get in the final, having their crisis of, crisis of confidence in the same week. It's a stunning coincidence, Emily. Mm. Do you think? It's a stunning coincidence. Of course it yeah, is. Yeah. Definitely mixed up the uh, leaderboard a little bit. Yeah, it would be very boring if the entire rest of the series was just, is it going to be Danny leading the leaderboard or Ore this week or are they going to have a draw? Yeah. yeah. You've got to keep it exciting. Anyway, yeah. next week they've got Salsa and hopefully we'll be able to see their faces and it won't be like tedious nonsense. I, yeah. I think Ore will be good at Salsa. I think that will suit him well. Yeah, I've enjoyed his Latin previously. What was... Yeah, they did that quite fun cha-cha. Yeah. He's not had a lot of Latin. He's got a lot of Latin to do, actually. Good. I think that will be his his building up his confidence and getting back in, in his dancing shoes story. Suddenly he discovers Latin and woo! <laughs> uh, but yes, that's quite enough of that. Dancing the rumba and demonstrating how to woo metal ladies circa 2003, it's Greg Rutherford and his partner Natalie. Um, if you were ever in a sort of a cheesy studenty metal club in the early noughties, you've bellowed along to this song. You've done the same wafty dance that Natalie and Greg did to this song, possibly near the end of the night when the lights were about to come up. They did this for all of us. Yeah. Oh, magic, <laughs> wasn't it, though? It was just magical. It was beautiful. I thought it was fabulous. Yeah. I really loved it. Really loved it. It wasn't a true rumba, but I loved it. Yeah, but as Claudia said, uh, sort of 
hearing her contract being torn up in the HR office, <laughs> normal rumbas are boring. Yes, but you've still got to do it. Otherwise, the judges, like they do, they sit there and they nip it going, oh, it's not this, it's not that, it's not like that, that footstep. Well, it, it was a rumba. It was more of a rumba than I think the judges were making it out to be. They were sort of making it out that they had just gone out there and done a cha-cha-cha or something. You know, they, they, they had it. It was a rumba, but it was a different rumba. But what's wrong with that? We've had other different styles of rumba. We've had we had a jitterbug for a jive. We've had... You, you know, a Bollywood had, salsa. Yeah, we had a Bollywood salsa. So why can't we have more of a lyrical rumba or a... You know, a, a show dance rumba. I I don't have a problem with that. I thought that there was enough rumba content in there for me. Like, um, yeah. you know, like I'm on the judging panel. I thought there was enough rumba content in there. It was quite clearly a rumba, but it just wasn't what we're used to seeing. And that, for me, is a good thing. And I thought it was marvellous. Yeah, I wasn't looking at Greg's, Greg's bum at all, so that was great. No, I was looking at his little face acting his socks off. That was I know, wonderful. It was so great. I think that got kind of lost in the judges' comments, actually, because they were too busy nitpicking on the dance. And mm. that was the first time he's actually portrayed a character and being a sportsman, not a natural trait. And he did really well. It was a really, like, he was really into it. Yeah, he was emotionally involved in the dance for the first time. Mm. Yeah. I thought it was really wonderful. Uh, I am um, recent convert to the rumba. And um, I just, I thought... You mean it... just that rumba? That one, and that one earlier on in the series that I da liked. Daisy, uh, Daisy and Alia. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. I thought it was yeah. really lovely. Um, You're going on a journey, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I'm going on a journey. <laughs> aren't we all? Journey. You know what? I'm going on a journey with Greg. I was totally indifferent to Greg when when this competition started. I don't care about the Olympics. I know that's potentially a controversial statement, but I, I, I'm not bothered about it at all. And I really, really enjoyed getting to know Greg. And, and seeing him make that magnificent competitive uh, pairing with Natalie. And how dare Craig make Natalie cry? Yeah, how dare he? Aww. What a, like, even if, even if, you know, he's slagging her off for show and stuff, how dare he make her cry? What a rotter. I wanted to kick him in the shins for that. And it was like proper crying as well. And I was like, I think all of her, those massive eyelashes were going to come off if she cried much more. I felt like it, it, it felt like you were watching somebody kick, kick a puppy, actually, because mm. they sort of finished the dance. She was obviously really, really pleased with what he'd done. I'm really proud of him for, you know, doing what we were saying, acting through the dance, just just doing a really fabulous job. And I, I feel like they were expecting better comments than they got. So add that to Craig just being nasty for the sake of it. There was no reason, actually, for Craig to be saying anything that, that he said there. I, f I felt like she she became a little bit like a, a kicked puppy, was, yeah. had the wind taken out of her a bit, which is what made her cry, because she really wasn't expecting it. No, and as for you choreographed that to protect your celeb, is that not what everybody is doing? Yeah, in every hello. single number in this entire show that you've been doing for more than 10 years now. Hello, Kevin Clifton. <laughs> 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 it's um, it's the frustration that other really, really imaginative artistic dancers have gone through with top praise this series already, and we've seen it happen in previous series as well. And then this one, 
for whatever reason, has got Craig Goat up because he's got his knickers in a twist on one Saturday evening. And it makes me very, it makes me really cross. I, I feel really sad about it as well. It feels like it's it's not the show that we like. It's not the warm and supportive show. It's It was, you know, kicking Natalie's ankles out from under her. Normally, mm. they don't criticise the pros. Because yeah. that's not what they're there for. Yeah. That's not the point of the pros being in it. And I don't think that Craig could actually find any genuine things to actually pick on Greg for, and that's why he went at Natalie. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was just saying, Greg did everything that he needed to do. He didn't get any steps dramatically. Like, I didn't notice any missteps or anything like that. As we've kept saying, he acted beautifully throughout it. The The theming and the, the song was a great match. And, and so, yeah, I think it is because he couldn't have any comments to make about Greg that he went for Natalie. But that's not what that that's not his role as a judge to be doing that. No, disappointed in you, Craig, but so proud of Natalie and Greg for that stunning number. And, mm. you know, I hope that the number is remembered a lot longer than the criticism is. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I was, I mean, like you, Emily, I was very, I was very angry with Craig. And normally I'm not angry with Craig because I know he is there to be the panto villain. But I was really angry with him. Angry enough, in fact, that Greg and Natalie got one of my votes this week, just because... Dancing the Paso Doble, it's flamenco clapping, fierce as you like, incredible Calavera, Daisy Lowe and her partner, Aliash. Ah, we like a Paso to some proper Paso music with a bit of a clapping section in it. I love this song. If you have this song on your day-to-day sort of walking about playlist, it turns just, you know, walking down to the shops into, you know, a credits roll movement moment from your own <laughs> private movie it's fantastic it really yeah yeah especially you know if you're going to tesco it's you know five to ten and suddenly it makes going to buy milk epic uh but daisy and aliash stunning i don't have this song in my playlist i was just checking it's not there i have to get it yeah give it a go it's good don't clap in public to the clapping section why not ask me how i know <laughs> <laughs> Can Lisa. we first talk about Daisy's makeup? I think Daisy suffered that same problem we were saying earlier in that they had painted Daisy's face out. So yeah. I think that's a little bit why she ended up in the bottom two is because um, it didn't look like Daisy. No. It looked fabulous. So I, yeah, it looked really good. Of the makeup. It looked amazing, but they had painted Daisy away and she's one of those ones that needs to not be put into the background she needs to stand out and as daisy in a dance yeah. where you're a lot of the emotion is coming through your face you know we have the phrase yeah. paso face you need to have the yeah. emoting parts of your face free and if they've covered your eyebrows in sparkles then yeah they couldn't even have done a thing with like calavera masks Although maybe it would have been nice for them to pick up Calavera masks for like the middle 30 seconds or something when they were circling around each other. Yeah, there wasn't really a way to fully commit to the Dia de los Muertos theming without getting rid of Daisy's lovely face. I'm, um, I'm often concerned by the Dia de los Muertos theming because it's 
a very serious event and I I hesitate to use the word holiday, but are we going to talk about cultural appropriation? Um we well, I I would in this situation, yes, because we were worried about it for the Bollywood salsa, but why aren't we worried about it for the Mexicana yeah, that's true. And I had a rant on the Austrian. Is it because it's fashionable? Well, so. well, yes, it is having a sort of a high fashion moment, uh, isn't it? But it is, you know, an actual uh, event in Mexican culture where people are thinking about their um, ancestors and family members who've passed. But I don't know. It's one of those ones where I'm not sure if it is actually a totally solemn holiday. I, no, I don't think it's... It's not an entirely solemn one because it's a celebration as well, isn't it? But it's... Somebody else's is, holiday. It's... Well, I mean, it's there's a very strong religious element to it. Um, you know, there's a lot of religious ceremony attached to it. And I do just... It's just the, it's the query that raises in my mind. I know that we don't question it when it's something that's currently fashionable. And we only start questioning it when it's coming back out of fashion again, like the uh, um, Plains Indian... Uh, feather headdresses at festivals and things like that. I know they have had their day and now we ban them from all the festivals because they are part of a solemn religious rite and we shouldn't be dancing around with our tops off to someone in the field just because we want a feather headdress on. So, yeah, I don't know. I I, I think, I mean, I do look, I do think it looks beautiful, but it's just, I, I question it. So one of the things that, the advice that people give you uh, to work out whether you are being culturally appropriative or not is work out, am, am I doing this with respect? Am I doing this with some understanding of what it actually means? And am I sort of belittling somebody else's culture? Mm. And as as far as Saturday Night Light Entertainment can go, I thought it was reasonably respectful and I felt like, was it Bruno who was about to say, oh, this is all about the Mexican Day of the Dead celebrations and maybe got cut off a bit and maybe put it in some context for people who need more information about it. But I thought it was about as respectfully done as it could have been done. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't bad. I didn't feel like they were they were disrespecting it as such. But it, I, I'll just say it's it's a question that we've touched on in previous uh, podcasts, worrying about it there. Mm. And I just, I do, yeah, I, I just worry. It's just something I'm always a bit... Maybe we've just made a really shallow about. decision because Daisy looked wonderful. Maybe, who knows? The, I suppose the point is at this point, we're thinking about it. We're, you know, it's it's not something that we're oblivious to. But if you'd left the face paint off, Daisy's costume so stunning, so paso, so tra- like she'd gotten away with one of the most traditionally traditional dresses for the actual form of dance that she was doing. She'd got the most traditional music, and she'd got a lot of the traditional moves in it. And for me, this is she was doing everything right and everything that she was supposed to be doing. Yes, I agree. I really love the fishnet arms on that dress. That was brilliant. Really wonderfully executed by the costume design team. So the first time through, I did notice that there wasn't as much sort of tension in her upper arms as I would have liked. That that was the thing that really cost her the marks, I think, from the judges. Yeah, she, she did lose that tension, you know, 
well, it's actually as the judges were saying, she she would hold it and then it'd soften off and she'd snap back into it again, and it made it look quite inconsistent. Mm. But by the dance off, dance off, I do feel like she uh, really rectified that. Yes. Yeah, I was just going to agree about the arms that I think when the first couple of weeks she was all very languid movements and I kept mentioning that and then the last couple of weeks she's improved on that and then I thought this week she slipped back into those lazy arm movements and such and I agree that she changed that in the dance off but I think she must have a public vote issue um, because the judges are definitely helping her out with the scores and she's doing very well but no one's voting for her so I think she needs to work on her PR a little bit outside of the show. The mid-30s demographic is uh, currently heavily engaged in saving Greg every week. It's uh, difficult for a model as well to carry a, a big following as well into something like this. I think your TV yeah. and your sports stars carry a, a following much more naturally than um, a, a model. I think it's not it's not a ready-made community, is it? You know, we've sort of said about the gymnastics community that Claudia's obviously been a part of for years and years and years since she was tiny. So everyone knows her. She goes off to the Olympics. The entire gymnastic community is going to pick up the phone and vote for her. You don't really have that with models. A, because they're from all over the world. You just get booked to go to whatever shoot from wherever you are. It's not... It doesn't have, like, thousands and thousands of young girls in modelling classes every week. It, you know, it's it, it, it's not really a community like like you get in sports. Or, as you were saying, Emily, with TV stuff, you know, TV presenters have their following. People see them on TV and know them and like them. So, it yeah, it's a very difficult demographic. And I, I'm thinking this is as the furthest we've ever seen a model go, isn't it, in the show? Um, Abby Clancy. Depends. Oh, yeah. Abby Clancy. Well, she's a bit more than a model, though, isn't she? She was... Personality. She was a bit more of a personality yeah. when she came in. She was a it. wag. Yeah, she was a wag. And she does... That, that's a term that, that's a term that hates well. women. Yeah, but it also means that she had access to the football community, which does have a large following. So yeah. she was quite well known to she was quite well known to that whole demographic because of who she was in connection to football. Yeah, I mean, Daisy's problem is not a dance problem because that was a fabulous passo. I don't need to add anything to that. We've all said how great it was, how great she looked, and what a fabulous dance it was. So it's it's not a dance issue with Daisy. It's a it's a public vote issue. Hashtag save Daisy. Hashtag safe day. We had yeah. that conversation last week, didn't we? After she was in the dance off. People of Britain. Yeah, don't make Daisy be the good dancer that we have to sacrifice before you realise yeah. you don't want to see Ed Balls anymore. Don't make yeah. me do this, Britain. Yeah, <laughs> and sadly, that's kind of the way it's looking like it might go, but... Yeah, it's it's not that if Daisy gets into a dance off against Ed, it's when Daisy and Laura get into a dance off each other uh, against yeah. each other, and Ed is sitting pretty up in the Claudatorium. Yeah. And I have yeah. a feeling, Ellie, that that might be coming in the next week or two. Daisy and Laura in a dance off. Yeah, it's going it to happen. Be such a disappointment. Ugh. Dancing the cha cha cha. It's the eldritch horror of which we speak only in hushed whispers by the light of black candles. Ed Balls and his partner Katya. So... That boy's got the shit. 
I mean, I know that Greg already has the votes of everybody who likes men's bottoms. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> this is the vote that everyone that likes men's hips. Mm, um, I don't know. Like, uh, well, I mean, I'm still not sure what I saw. And after Lens Lens tonight, where we got the full, like with Ed's mic turned up, where he was going, ooh, ah, along with the music. I, I don't know. I, I was sort of torn. I was on the cusp between uh, just cringing myself into a fetal position and just howling with delight. Yeah, I mean, proper entertaining. Yeah. That's entertainment. You, like, there was no way any of the other dancers could have gone on after that. Okay. Like, Darcy couldn't breathe. I couldn't. No, Darcy really couldn't breathe. She was, she, Darcy had lost it at that point. Yeah. Everybody needed but, to. Like, Emily, go ahead. But it's rubbish. Yes. And yes. I don't even find it funny. Like, I find it funny listening to other people talk about how rubbish he is. But can they not do a dance where he's not being a fool i know he's look i know we've talked about it and he's doing it willingly and he likes it and all of that but i actually want to see him do a proper dance because if he does a proper dance people might go oh actually no he is rubbish i'm not going to bother voting for him this week and then we don't have to have ed balls in the competition anymore and we can keep better dancers for a bit longer emily that was ed balls doing a proper dance lisa that's exactly what i was gonna say that that was the dance that had cha-cha content in it it had obvious basic steps it had new yorkers it had you know it had cha-cha armography and they were done yeah armography and they were done to the best of ed's ability he made no mistake and no he didn't make a mistake he he doesn't i mean, last week's lift aside ed balls hasn't really made many mistakes with his choreography that he's been given the problem has come with the theming and this whole comedy thing you know and we had we said that last week you know ed wants to be doing it seriously and they've gone no you're the funny one so we're going to make you look silly every week i actually think that if ed if ed got a good solid dance routine to go people actually would look at it and go oh he can dance not oh he's rubbish i think it's the comedy that's making him appear more rubbish than he actually is also, everybody, like, a, a lot of people are still at the stage of just howling discomfort with Ed Balls' sensual side, which I think that's where yeah. Emily is. Yeah. Well, I don't think that's what it is. Unexpected. My issue is the fact that he's not a rubbish dancer. He's a perfectly adequate dancer. But he's perfectly adequate. And at some point in the next couple of weeks, he is going to be going to be sitting pretty in the, in the auditorium when one of our favourite dancers, who we want to win, or at least we want to go and see represent women in the final, mm. and they're going to have to go because Ed Balls is still in there because people think that's funny. I don't just think it's funny, though. I think Katya is playing an absolute blinder and setting herself up to get a ringer next year. Yeah, she's doing. She's playing the long game very well. You're not going to... I know not we're not going to get any kind of movement on Ed Balls from you. Although no. Ed Balls is getting movement from Ed Balls. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I don't think I don't think he's going to be with us for that much longer, because there does come a point where it goes, and I do think we might we might have to sacrifice. I hate to say that, as as you were saying, Emily. I think Laura or Daisy are going to get sacrificed, and then the public are going to go, oh oh crap, no, we didn't mean that. Oh, it's a dance competition. Yeah. You should have said. Yeah. 
Exactly. Um, but I think one of them will have to go and then the following week Ed will go and I suspect that might be the next two weeks worth of dance-offs. I think next week will be Laura and Daisy and then the week after will be Ed. He's got a jolly quick step next week and I don't know even... I can't gauge whether or not he'd be able to do um, a passable quick step. We need to give him something tricky that will show up that it's not just entertaining, that he's genuinely kind of reached his limits and he'll yeah. other people will stop being sacrificed for him. Yeah. Michelle, yeah. are you suggesting we get Ed Balls as Argentine tango? <laughs> well, yeah, basically. I, uh, I need to see that, that tango face and that, that, will, that will make my life. <laughs> televisions up and down the country exploding. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so well played, Ed. Well played, Katya. Well played, whoever bedazzled those goggles. The bedazzled, bedazzled goggles were pretty good. Is that the only thing you liked? <laughs> yes. That's the only concession you're giving. So, Sunday night. And in the dance-off, we have Anastasia, which was seeming inevitable. And Daisy who was in joint third position on the leaderboard. Mm. She is basically coming second to last or last in the public vote at the moment. She is, isn't she? Yeah. If you look at the... So YouGov does a survey on um, who's who thinks who's going to win and who wants who to win. And Anastasia was polling extremely low numbers. The YouGov people, the people that YouGov spoke to were not keen on Anastasia. But Daisy was polling around the sort of 5% sort of mid-table thing. And yeah, I reckon because it was a night of topsy-turvy shocks, everybody was being drawn to other voting uh, patterns like saving saving Danny and saving Ore rather than actually giving Daisy any kind of support for doing something that was, you know, pretty nice. I think there were three votes happening this week. There was, as you say, there was the saving Danny, the saving Ore and the you may Natalie cry, you big meanie. Mm, I think yeah. those, were, those were the three voting patterns this week. So I wouldn't surprise me if Greg was top of the public vote this week for for what happened. Yeah. So our our pal Rob, who does entertainmentodds.com, um, he mm. he had an interesting theory about Greg getting placed early in the running order and getting you know tricky Latin dances in the past couple of weeks, and that theory was that they were testing to see how high Greg's public vote could go. Oh, that's an interesting theory. And this week, if the sympathy vote button got pressed at the same time as him getting the hardest dance for a man to do, and you know, to uh, to the public, apparently knocking it out of the park, but getting harsh judge comments. That would be his maximum public vote. The dark arts. The darkest <laughs> of the dark arts. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it's only a theory, but yeah, we might have just seen a little experiment in how high Greg's, like what Greg's vote could top out at and working out if he does actually form reasonable competition for Danny and Ori in the final. I hope he's not in a final. I don't think he's good enough for that. I just don't know who I'd have in as my third in the final. Um, I've got a vote for not Louise. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't want Louise to be anything. No, I don't want Louise in the final. I, I, well, Judge Rinder, obviously. Um, <laughs> I want to see Judge my... Rinder's show dance. Oh, my I God. I want to see Judge Rinder in the final. Oh, I, I really like Laura. So, but then I think she's at risk soon. But I like Laura and I think she could be more interesting. Yeah. Well, it does look like it's going to be Daisy that we lose. Yes, Do we think I think. That, I think... Um, Anastasia, we were chatting about a. Uh, struggling with the public vote anyway but then they'd also done the thing that we were talking about the other week with Laura which is they'd put her in a different coloured wig they'd put her in that Uh, black wig uh. and she didn't look like Anastasia so I think the issue that Laura had when she was dressed as Satine may have also I think maybe I think maybe just it It wasn't good enough it wasn't good enough and it was in the sort of position in the running order and it had a gimmicky thing with a hoverboard and like the voting public doesn't actually like gimmicks. Anastasia just wasn't good enough. No, and she, she didn't seem to improve in the in the actual dance off version. She didn't. I didn't see that it was any better than what she'd done on the Saturday night. The, still, the main issue was the fact it was very stompy and flat footedness, and that didn't seem to change. Well, whereas at least Lizzie did improve a bit on the Saturday night. Brendan had already checked out when they were doing those pre-dance off interviews up with uh, Claudia. Like Brendan had already checked out. Yeah. Maybe it was true that he and Anastasia didn't quite get on. She Maybe. definitely did better when she was with Gorka, didn't she? So. She definitely did better with Gorka, that's true. <laughs> that's an interesting theory. Had she done that dance with Gorka, would she have be been safe? Possibly. Maybe maybe the choreography would have been a little bit more forgiving for her. I think that was the correct decision, though. You, da- Daisy's, yeah. Daisy's dance-off was much improved. The tension that was lacking in her arm shaping was returned. She looked mm. a little bit cross, which is what you need for a paso. Um, and so next week, it's Operation Save Daisy. Strictly hipsters. No more just voting for Greg's bomb. Save Daisy. <laughs> also, Judge Rinder will be fine. You can leave it alone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think he'll be all right. Yeah. What happens if he ends up in a dance-off? Depends who it's against. If he's against that's Ed Balls, he'll be fine. <laughs> the, <laughs> only, the only man that's been in a dance-off so far was Melvin. Yeah, that's true. It needs to. I can't. I can't have that concept in my head that Judge Rinder might end up in a dance off. That's that's we not acceptable. Think, we won't think about that yet. Then. No. <laughs> okay, so it's time for our favourite parts of the week: dance of the week and dress of the week. Let's get started with dance of the week. We'll have nominations from Emily, Greg and Natalie's Rumba, Sold, Michelle, uh, Laura and Giovanni. Okay, Lisa. Oh, those were, I have three. Those were two of them. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to have to do it. It's Robert and Oksana. Woo! I've got to do it. Um, my favourites were, yeah, Greg and Natalie's Rumba. Super, super. And uh, Daisy's Paso Doble. We've not gotten a unanimous winner, but I think we've got a unanimous vote of support for Greg and Natalie and for Daisy and Aliash. And also Judge Rinder and also Laura. So that's, you know, <laughs> half the table we are fully behind, 100% committed to supporting. They seem yeah. to be our regular favourites, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> We've got types. We've got types. And I don't think, I mean, until the day that Louise's 
passionate id bursts out of her like a coiled spring that's been waiting to be awakened by dance. She's not going to be on our list of favourites. Anyway, the important matter, a frock of the week. Michelle. I thought long and hard about this and I actually think my favourite was Natalie's dress. I loved the colour of it, like the soft blue. It looked a bit like a nighty, but in a lovely way. Mm-hmm. And the lace on it and going with her hair. And I just, yeah, that was actually very nice. That So you've only got one nomination? Yeah. Okay. Well, I thought long and hard about it. And I've got... Uh, you've got all, uh, all, you got all of them, Ellie. Six and a half, <laughs> six and a half nominations. <laughs> Great. Um, you to say who you don't nominate. Uh, six and a half nominations. So if I was if I was wanting a dress, Daisy's entire sort of outfit minus the makeup. So the red red flamenco shoes, the red paso dress, and the floral headdress. Magic, magnificent, wonderful. Also Oti's dress, lovely little black party dress. Lots of nice rhinestonings, nice bit of net. I'm not sure about whether I would accessorize or not with the red elastic belt, but you know, that's the kind of thing where you're either putting on one accessory or taking off one accessory before you leave for the party. I believe that was Coco Chanel's advice. It it was indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And also Claudia's dress. Now, if I was choosing a nighty, we come to <laughs> Natalie's dress, which that's a fantastic nighty. Lovely sort of powder blue. In fact, it wasn't powder blue. It was Odinil, wasn't it? It was Odinil, yeah. Yeah, it was a lovely Odinil. Uh, when, it's, when it's underwear, it automatically becomes Odinil, even if it is powder blue. <laughs> that's it the would rule. appear. That's the official ruling. And also, uh, slightly more racily, Laura's dress would be a lovely nighty. And a special mention, a little bit, a little bit, and also a special mention for menswear, Gorka and Pasha. I don't know if you noticed this. We're both looking superb. Um, so Gorka was wearing a sort of a blue velvet sort of seventies suit and a leopard print T-shirt, and Pasha was wearing a gold lame suit and a little red shirt with little bats on it. And I thought that was charming and. As we, we were talking about whether gold lame or not looks looks good or not on the cameras mm. in a previous week. Mm. And gold lame looks great on the cameras. It must purely be that it's murder to sew. Emily, yeah. your nomination for dress of the week. Any other dresses so, that we haven't mentioned? That you've left any? So my actual dress of the week is uh, one of the pros dresses, um, mm. which is Oksana's dress. Specifically the skirt part, because that was hand painted. Yeah. Like, what? wonderful wonderful person has has spent their working week doing that i love them for that so them they did a superb job they might have had this week's best job yeah Mm. and because uh you know this is where me and you come through thoroughly as sisters ellie i also had a night uh nomination for best nighty of the week which was um, natalie's dress for from the rumba which i thought was fab uh, so lisa Night, tell us what's winning what? so far <laughs> lisa tell us what's what um so the three that i had done and, and i a bit like you ellie i kind of have stars next to almost everybody this week because it was fantastic so let's just put it out there Vicky and her team did marvellously this week That and Lisa Armstrong and her team, round of applause for them as well, I thought they the whole thing was like we said at the very beginning, it was quite a classy sophisticated Halloween uh, minus Ed Balls obviously um, 
but it was it was great. I really really loved it. So the but the three that I then went and put a second star against uh, were were um, I'll give you them in reverse order, shall I? So Ooh. in third place will be Oti. I thought Oti's dress was fabulous, really really nice. Um, second place, which was uh, also mentioned quite a lot as nighty of the week, uh, it was Natalie. Uh, but I am giving frock of the week this week to the one that Emily mentioned to Oksana's hand-painted butterfly wing dress. I just, it was stunning. And the craftsmanship that went into making that needs to be noted. And we want to see more hand-painted individual dresses so that we can give them dress of the week as well. Yay. So, yeah, this week's dress of the week, Oksana. Hooray! Hooray! Natalie's is 90 of the week, right? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we always and give... probably, probably sat at home, whatever Naga was wearing would be Naga's dress of the week. <laughs> Fabulous as always. <laughs> okay, so thanks very much for joining us. That was Halloween. Next week it's Bonfire Night. Um, there are fewer ponds for Bonfire Night, but I'm sure we'll find some some more of them. There's a deep pond seam under the Strictly Studios and we're going to mine it out thoroughly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, good night, Emily. Good night. Good night, Michelle. Good night. Good night, Lisa. Good night. I'm Ellie and you were listening to episode 11 of the Keep Dancing podcast. Join us next week for Pies, Peas and Parking. It's bonfire night. It's a Yorkshire thing. You wouldn't understand. If you want to get in touch with us, and, or if you've got any questions for our Strictly team, you can email us at keepdancingpodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter as at keepdancingpod. And we've got a Facebook page you can find by searching for the Keep Dancing Podcast. Please join us in the comments. Thanks for listening. Keep dancing. <laughs>